Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We're here on Voice America, America's Voice. We're in our 21st year. And I'm so excited about today's interview with Paula A. Marshall. She is the CEO and chairman of Bama Companies. And I've been interviewing Paula for about 10 years. She comes on about four times a year and really talks about organizations, um, what works, how we can be um, really kinder to each other and really work together in a more harmonious way. I think she's written five books, and I think one of her books to me tells the story of Paula. It's called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, a Big Business, and that's what she's done as a wonderful leader. As Pamela's chief executive officer, Paula Marshall provides strategic leadership and direction to the entire organization. Their mission at Bama is people helping people be successful, and she's assumed the responsibility and CEO of Bama Companies in 1984. It, was, it is a family business and was created on her grandmother's kitchen table, Cornelia, Alabama, Bama, I think in the 1930s. And under her leadership, now it's Bama Frozen Dough and Bama Europa, and it's expanded to provide not just apple pies, which is what her grandmother started with, and they provide all of the fast food desserts for McDonald's and many fast food chains. But now they often have frozen, frozen desserts and pizzas for many of the fast food chains that we know. Welcome, Paula. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, love to have you on the show. So tell us about the celebration that you just had that you have every year for Bama, what it means, what it stands for. Well, the celebration that we have is called Circle of Excellence. And we started this about actually about 20 years ago. And we had about 80 people in the company that had been at the company for 20 years. And we decided that we wanted to do something special. And so we went to them and we asked them what they, what they would like to do, what would make them feel special. And they suggested this dinner. And over the years, we do a survey after each one and we try to improve it and incorporate their, you know, their comments. Well, you can imagine that, you know, everyone's 20 years older now, so they're very happy to come. We have a, a couple of casinos in town that have some beautiful ballrooms, and they like they all like to go out after the dinner and, and do a little bit of gambling because a lot of them, like many of our senior citizens, like to, like to gamble. And they, uh, they go, um, you know, come to the dinner. They get a recognition. Uh, they, we make a few little videos about the new 20 year people. And now we go from, we've got about 190 people that attend this. Mm. Um, and we go from 20 years of service all the way up to 50 years of service. Mm. So mm. it's twice the evening. <laughs> and then now we, at, we invite all of our retirees to come as well. Mm. So they just get to come in and see everybody. And uh, there's about 25 of those uh, of those folks mm-hmm. that come. So we had about 200 people there, and it was mm-hmm. a beautiful evening. And we uh, we celebrate them, and we thank them, and then we uh, we give them a nice dinner, and then we let them get on uh, on the way. So we're yeah. done. We start about 5:30, and we're done by about uh, 7:45. Uh, now, do you give awards during this too, or certain recognitions? Uh, pretty much just for, we, we do the 20 year people that are just mm-hmm. entering the 20 year and it, it becomes a real milestone. You wouldn't believe how many people talk about it. And when I'm going around the plants, they'll say, I, I'm, I'm 20 years this year, you know, I'll <laughs> see you at the dinner, you know? And so it becomes a, a really, a really important, um, you know, milestone for them and something they look forward to and. And there is a, a gift card, a monetary gift card that is given to every single person that's at the dinner. So um, it's a it's a wonderful evening. It's everyone dresses up. Um, they all want to. They all get their picture made with me, and and it's you know Aww. we all put on all of our finery and go out and celebrate. You know their 
they're being loyal to Bama and, and helping us, uh, you know, because of all of our success, they're, they're a big part of that. So, yes. Yeah. And you have people who've been there more than 20 years, right? 30 and 40 years. Yeah. It goes all the way up to 50 years now, Patricia. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, you don't see that much anymore today, Paula. I mean, there's, you you know, you, you saw it years ago. You don't see it as much today. No, that's one of the things that all the spouses come up to me and they all make sure that they tell me that they have friends, they have relatives, they have people that work other places and no one does this. So it's something that makes us stand out and makes us special. And the 50, there's four 50 year people. And uh, wow. three of them re- retired, and one of them is still working. And she told me she would retire when she's seventy, so she'll she'll be there in two more years. And they've worked all over the Bama companies. They've worked in all the facilities. They've you know done all kinds of jobs, and um, they're all just proud to get up there and wow. you know talk about what they've done and and uh, how they've raised their families and sent their yeah. kids to college. Wow. You know, and, all, and they knew your father, that. right? They knew your father. Oh, yeah. When he... Oh, yes. Yeah. The ones who have, who have been there, uh, the, uh, probably the 30-year team members would have all known my dad. The 20-year guys, the 25s, up to the 20, 28, 29-year-old folks would know dad. So, mm-hmm. what, what a story, Paula. What a story. And yeah, I know you don't. Right. I know you don't brag about this, but you were inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, last November, it's going to be almost a year now, um, but uh, last November, the uh, Oklahoma Hall of Fame uh, honored me um, along with my one of my uh, co-authors, Jim Stovall. Uh, he and I wow. got to be inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame at the same time. So uh, we're very, very pleased that um, that happened to both of us at the same time. You know, I, I, I mean, your success is there for a very strong reason. And the main reason is communication. I mean, you have known how to communicate with your team members. You don't call them employees. And that certainly is reflected in your company down the line with everyone. So I wanted to talk mm-hmm. today more about communication because you know, I teach a lot of webinars on this, and it's not that easy. You know, it's not that easy when you're dealing with a difficult person or when you have people that are more aggressive in their style or who don't listen well. So, you know, you've been doing this a long time, and I know that you really, you know, have a real skill in dealing with these people. So, Paula, just give us an example or share how do you deal with people who are tough? And now it may not be your team member because you can you can select those. It might be someone, a vendor. It might be someone you work with from McDonald's or from Pizza Hut or from Walmart or from any of those places. Who's difficult? How do you work with that? Well, I think, you know, um, when you talk about customers and customers are dealing with us as a vendor and so, you know, they have buyers uh, in their companies that have a job to do, and we understand that. So we try to, we we have what we call a system of no surprises. So we start talking to our buyers right away about, you know, food safety, uh, production slip-ups and problems, and communication with them, and we tell them that our job is to help them be successful. And that usually kind of disarms them right away to say, well, what does that mean? I said, well, you know, we want to help you be successful because we make a great quality product. We don't, we aren't going to cause you supply issues. And if there is a problem, we're going to communicate uh, early and mm. and often. And mm. uh, we're going to give you more information than you need. The other thing we also do with our customers, which a lot of people may or may not do with their customers, but we have what we call an open book pricing. And I talk to a lot of groups and I talk to a lot of people about open book pricing. And it scares so many people. They would never share all their costs with with their customers. And uh, I say that, you know, it really disarms um, 
mm. the buyers. It disarms them from thinking that there's hidden costs that I'm charging them that, that they're paying for. So they know the cost of all their food. They know the cost of all their labor, their packaging, and they know what kind of direct services we have. So we have everything laid out, and then we also tell them how much profit we're making and why it's important for us to make a profit. And and it totally disarms people. It's just a, it's one of those things where when you really buy into one another's successes, you, you begin to understand what the other person needs and what will help them become a success. And Mm. you try to, you know, lay out the process so that that can happen. Now, did you, is this something that you came up with, the open book pricing? Did you learn it from someone? Was it a school of thought or did you kind of make this up? Well, it's it's kind of uh, one of the things that we've um, championed over the years. And I, I've, uh, I've done it with my CFO um, who was with me. Uh, he retired a few years ago and I, I have my second-in-command CFO that I've been working with for 20 years. And we, we've we kind of, uh, you know, championed this way of, of interacting with customers. And um, it's disarming, it's uh, mm-hmm. shocking, and it, it really um, gives people a reason to select us because a lot of times, you know, I'm not um, – I'm, I'm a very um, – you know, off the radar company, and we we're usually competing with people like General Mills and Quaker Oats, uh, you know, ConAgra, um, you know, Gunther uh, companies, and those kinds of organizations that are out there in our space, and they do what we do. Um, but they're most of them are publicly traded, or they're owned by private equity guys. And they don't share anything, and they're very, um, mm. you know, um, stonewalled about it. So, you know, when buyers have encountered our method and they, they see that everything's free-flowing and they can get any kind of information that they want, um, it makes it easier to select us rather mm. than selecting one of the Fortune 500s. Mm. How, how fast? Well, because you're real and, and you're transparent. And um, and they probably feel they're going to get better customer service, Paula. Correct? Well, I think when you go in with an open an open mindset and open communication, um, and you talk to them about your you know your systems of no surprises and your open books and you know early communication and often on things when uh, one of the things I find too, Patricia, I'm very shocked when it happens is a lot of my my clients tell me that. You know, they don't have early warning systems with other companies. Um, they might find out the day before, maybe two days before, that they're going to run out of something. And mm. They might find out the morning of a disaster that there's going to be a disaster. Mm. Um, they may find out about a problem, and then they have to uh, institute a, a food safety product recovery or something, which is massive in a, in a food business. And they just mm-hmm. found out about the problem that morning. So, I mean, by us communicating as soon as we know something is wrong, that's the other thing. I mean, I, I'm always, you know, dumbfounded by people that don't ascribe to that philosophy because it's easier. But people avoid it. They avoid calling. They avoid talking to them. They avoid you know, wanting to give their customer bad news. But the problem is if you give them bad news when it's the size of a sand pebble or a marble or that kind of size, and you also bring with you a solution because, you know, I had a call with my team just today on a product that we're making for a Fortune 100 fast food company, and we're seeing all kinds of supply issues with one of the components and in fact, we're we're experiencing a lot of food safety issues, and we feel that it could be, you know, could, could cause a break in supply down the road. The product hasn't even launched yet, <clears throat> but we're setting up a call to talk to the the president of, of this organization, this this company, so that we can put up a red flag and say, look, we don't want to get down the road uh, two months, and the launch date for this is three months out. And we then come to you and tell you that there's a problem, you know, with one of the suppliers. And right. um, they're just, I mean, they're not happy to hear it, 
but they're happy before they have to start putting a lot of people on a crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. The one mm-hmm. thing that Fortune 100 companies I've found don't like doing is having to stop what they're doing and put people onto a crisis. Mm-hmm. And it's really, Absolutely. really bad. It really gives everyone a bad taste in their mouth for the precaution mm-hmm. systems that suppliers, you know, should be using and should be able openly to talk about. It's just not done in industry. People wait till the last minute, and yeah. and then things are terrible, and reputations yeah. get ruined, and companies yeah. get tarnished, and it takes and, years to recover. And it's interesting. We're going to take a break, but it's interesting because it's not a hard thing to do. I mean, think about it. The preventive part is not hard. We're just not doing it. And think of all the things, right. and as you said, the problems that can be prevented if we would do it ahead of time and if we, if we anticipate it. Yeah, great comments. Most great. of Are, us know most of us know things when something's going to break, Patricia. Most of us, yeah, know of things. course, of like, course. Like you know, yeah. it's like you can yeah. walk through your house and see your pictures are hanging by a thread. And you know, one of these yeah. days that thing's going to fall off the wall. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So you yeah. could fix it now before it falls off, or you can wait and sweep up all the all the glass and possibly have to throw okay. the picture away because it's ruined. You know, I mean, it's like right. it's simple things like that. Yeah, it's very simple. in the workplace. Yeah. One of the things we find when we talk to our team members is, you know, we have a, an early warning safety prevention of accidents, um, you know, thing that people, anytime you're out on the floor, anyone that sees you doing anything unsafe can go up and talk to you and report you to, you know, one of the supervisors and you can be written up for a safety violation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was taking a tour group through my facilities the other day and one of the people I was touring had some, you know, kind of decoration on the outside of her shoe. And uh, our our facility leader didn't give us the shoe covers. And I was approached by three or four different team members as we were going through the plant that that's a food safety, you know, that's a food safety issue. And they weren't hesitant at all about coming up to me and telling me that that was a problem. That's great. So, you know, I think it's the openness of the environment that you create. And we tell our team members to tell us. We want to know. We want to know when things are about to fall out. Which is great. All right, we're going to take a break, Paula. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about preventing issues, open communication in the workplace, dealing with, you know, difficult people, difficult situations. My guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Companies. They make all the apple pies and fast food desserts for chains like McDonald's and Walmart and Pizza Hut. And just to show you the longevity, they have been a client of McDonald's for over 30 years. And they have been able to maintain that relationship. And this is a lot of what Paula is talking about right now. So we're going to talk more about communications and really um, thriving in the workplace and having that communication where people create win-wins. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio. 
featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Paula A. Marshall. She is the CEO of Bama Companies. And this is the company that makes the fast food desserts for Walmart and McDonald's and Pizza Hut and many of the chains. The company is over 80 years old. It started on her grandmother's kitchen table and then her father had the company and then it was passed on to her. And she has had the company since 1984 and really expanded it. And under her leadership, there's now Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough, Beijing Bama, Bama Europa. And so it has really expanded internationally. And she also was inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. And Paula was inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame recently, within the last year. She's also the author of several books. And the one that she co-authored with Jim Stoll is called The Executive Entrepreneur. And one of my favorites is called Finding the Soul of Big Business, S-O-U-L, which is really what Paula stands for and what her company stands for, because their mission at Bama is people helping people be successful. So welcome back, Paula. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, so let's talk more about communication skills, you know, and, and what we go through. I mean, you talked about being preempted, pre preemptive, meaning that you talk yes. about things before they happen, right? You look at that. But as you know, many people don't. So what do you do, Paula, you know, in situations where the other person isn't doing what you do, right? How do you handle that with the frustration of, you know, the communication isn't clear, you have to go through two or three channels. It's, um, it's not as, as smooth as it could be, and it can cause problems. Well, that's, you know, in in business, I mean, it's a different thing in relationships, but in business, um, you know, we have, we have very serious sit-downs. We have supplier meetings all the time, and, and we visit, and we have, a, a, a you know, a book of supplier expectations, and one of them is that they follow the, you know, the uh, many of them are not open book with us, but we try to get there as much as we can. But they follow the system of no surprises, that we want to know about things before they happen and, um, you know, that we're, we're on an early warning. We want, we want to know so we can correct things. Well, as it so happens, this past year has been just, uh, you know, the last year and a half really been the most, probably one of the most insane years I've ever been in business where you're getting phone calls from suppliers saying, well, we're, we don't have the we don't have the ingredients and we're not going to be able to supply you starting tomorrow. Oh. Um, you know, oh, our trucks didn't come in. Our ingredients aren't here. Or, uh, you know, we we have a catastrophic failure in, in one of our, you know, plants and uh, your supply of X, Y, and Z is shut off. So what, you know, what that has forced us to do is is obviously spend a lot of our time in supply chain looking for, because we've been, you know, we've, we, we've 
go all in with our with our suppliers. And if they, uh, you know, work with us, we will work with them, and we we guarantee that they won't have to compete for business. So, because that helps us control our costs, because it helps us control our quality and our waste at the plants, and our our end cost is what we're looking for. You know, the end cost. So. Working with a product consistently day in and day out. And again, this is from my mentor, Dr. W. Edward Deming. And he, this is what he taught me is, is supplier variation is, is, is bad and it needs to be managed. And the way you manage it is by picking a few suppliers that are very, very good at what they do and giving them all your business. So mm-hmm. this year we've had suppliers that have been very, very good and they're very good at what they do, but they've still through no fault of their own, but they didn't get notified that their supplies weren't coming in. They didn't get notified that their stuff was still on a boat out in the middle of, you know, San Francisco Harbor. Um, They, you know, they had a plant burned out. I don't know if you've read, but um, it's been kind of going around the Internet that there's been, there's 3,600 food plants (laughs) in the United States, and in the last year, over 300 of them have had fires and have, have had some kind of, you know, effect of of running. Yeah, you remember the baby formula. You remember people couldn't find baby formula because the mm-hmm. FDA had a problem mm-hmm. with one of the baby formula plants, and they had right. the plant shut down. Right. All of a sudden, people can't find baby formula, then they can't find paper towels, and they can't find. So all those same things that are happening to you in the grocery store are also happening to me in the supply mm-hmm. chain. So mm-hmm. this year has been an, a, a catastrophic from the standpoint of, you know, trust from building trust with our suppliers, from building trust in what's going on in the economy, what's going on in, you know, in the news that everyone's reading about, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on here, there, and everywhere. And it's just been a lot of people are just grabbing at straws. And so they're, they really don't know the truth. They don't know the right answers. Because someone can tell us that they're not going to run out of something again, and then two days later they do. So mm-hmm. we'd rather sit down with you and say, don't tell us you're not going to run out of anything again when you can't be certain of that. So we're constantly on the phone in meetings working with our suppliers to try to, you know, make sure they understand it's better if they communicate with us early and often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like we're trying yeah. to do with our customers yeah. so that we don't have to short any of our customers so that we can keep their supply lines running. And that's what everyone's trying to do. And it's been a, a, a catastrophe. Right. But that also explains why there's been a lot of shortage of things too, Paula. Why there's been so much of a shortage. I mean, that explains it. You know, things aren't well, getting yeah. transported. No one really knows where the supplies are. Right. Um, and no right. one knows that, you know, that it's going to come or it's not going to come. The Some of the things that the FDA does um, was just their, you know, internal bureaucracy. And they had a whole baby food plant shut down. And then all the other baby f- food supplies were shut off. Um, and so geopolitical tensions have caused a lot mm-hmm. of this um, these problems to escalate. Because we have pushed the easy button over the last 20 years and pushed all of our manufacturing out to China. And it, it, that has come back to really hurt us when we have problems <clears throat> right now uh, for, you know, for that, uh, with that country. So you can't start beating your, your fists on, the, on your chest, you know, until you really understand the whole supply chain. And when mm-hmm. things start you know, getting cut off, um, you better know where your supplies are going to come from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, that that's very true. That's a real issue. What happens when you're dealing with an issue that isn't, um, I mean, that's something that, as you said, it's hard for you to control. But what happens when you're dealing with someone, Paula, um, who just doesn't see it the way you see it or um, is blocking something that's impeding progress, or you have to go through two or three people to talk to the right person. Uh, How do you deal with that more subjective kind of issue where you could solve it between you two because it it is within your control? Well, you know, that's where you have to, that's where you've got to establish these long-term relationships 
we believe yes. in long-term relationships, whether it's, yeah. you know, customers, team members. I mean, you know, that's why we talked about our celebration uh, party the other night. It's, you know, we have people that have worked at Bama, five people for 50 years. You know, we have, we have 15 or 20 that have worked there 40 years. Um, you know, we have, we have, I mean, it's just, we are a big, one big system and one big family system. Whether you're talking customers, as McDonald's has treated us for, you know, we've actually been doing business with them since 1965. And that's more like 40 years. And so, you know, when you when you see the kind of longevity that they like in their supply base, and you also have to stay up with the times. You can't just, you know, lay around and say, oh, I've got this business with McDonald's. Isn't this great? You know, we go up. We have communication. We build relationships. We take them out to dinner. We get to know them. You know, we know them inside and out. We know them from the top of the company all the way out to the field to all the owner operators, mm-hmm. and they know us. So it's mm-hmm. it's a very mm-hmm. um, it's a very tight knit tight knit community. But you can't take it for granted either. So I would say that applies to any relationship anywhere of any kind, whether it's two people, whether it's a partner, whether it's a marriage. You know, whether it's a family member, a brother, a sister, a mother, a daughter, it's it's part of what I also teach in Bama is the seven habits of, of Covey, and you help us teach that as well. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is how you should treat each other. This is If you want to be married to this person for a long time, you, you these are the kind of the rules of the road, you know. And being open, you know, where you're doing open book with customers and suppliers, you want to do open book with your partner. You want to have a longstanding uh, early warning system. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys who got themselves in trouble with their marriage because they had a trip up somewhere and they didn't talk about it early and it came back to fester and bite them in the butt. And Mm -hmm. once that trust eroded, Yes. You know, Patricia, it's very difficult to get it back. Yeah. 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 And it's, you're right. It's talking about it and it's being able to see it from the other person's point of view. It's being able to listen. But again, a lot of this is also understanding somebody's values, right? And someone's style, right? Because you may have to present it differently to one person than you present it to another, depending on their style and, you know, what their yeah. triggers are. Right. That's right. I mean, that's where you, but that's where you sit down and when, you know, when you're first getting to know someone or even with your family and, and maybe they've taken you for granted and they don't know that you don't eat meat anymore or they don't know that you have a shellfish allergy or something because you've lived in another city. You know, I think it's important to sit down and share those kinds of things so that you don't embarrass them or they embarrass you by having a, a big, you know, fish boil or whatever, you know, I have, my boyfriend lives in Richmond and they have a place on the Chesapeake Bay and they do a lot of clam bakes and clam boils and fish boils and, you know, crab and all kinds of selfish. And they always make sure, you know, because I've been in the family now with him, you know, through seeing him for, for almost five years now, that it's part of, you have to provide something else for Paula to eat, you know, because you can't eat all that. So it's mm-hmm. part of respect, but it's part of being open, not surprising them. Because, you know, if I, the first time I ever went, if I didn't share that with Tack and he was able to share that with his family, that would have been a very embarrassing thing for them as well. So you kind mm-hmm. of want to avoid embarrassing people yes. and causing, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's a surprise. Yeah. That's why we always say, too, in business, surprises are not always good, you know. Most of yeah. the time, they're not. So let's say there's the one or two out of a million chance that you're going to get asked to marry somebody or that you're going to, you know, it's a surprise, you know, party or something right, uh, right. For, for someone. But it's, for the most part, surprises aren't always good. Mm, true. Well, it's so interesting. Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about, you know, the way we communicate. And this is something you were just talking about, but I want to expand on it. So, for example, when someone tells you something, 
or you're upset about something and they say, well, you shouldn't be upset, you know, just take it easy. You know, how we can respect and understand other people's feelings and listen to them without judging them and telling them they should or shouldn't feel that way because that only makes it worse. And we see that a lot, not just in business, we see that in families, but teaching people how to listen more effectively and understand that if somebody's upset, you know, there's a reason for that. And maybe they do need to get upset for a little bit and then move through it. So after the break, let's talk about those kind of personal communications when we sometimes judge rather than listening effectively, Paula. I think that that would be a good thing to talk about. So, all right. All right. All right. My guest is the wonderful Paula A. Marshall. She is Bama's CEO. And uh, Bama is a company that makes most of the apple pies and, and frozen desserts and fast food desserts and also now pizza dough for Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Walmart, many of the fast food chains. And she was recently inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. She's written five books. One of them is called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. And her company is now international. So we're going to talk to Paula more about uh, Bama. She's um, been at the helm since 1984, started on her grandmother's kitchen table in the 1930s. Her father then took the company, and then Paula took it over in 1984. And it's really grown. And a lot of it is the outstanding communication and ethics that Bama lives by. So you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to Paula A. Marshall. She is Bama's Chief Executive Officer. 
She provides strategic leadership and direction to the entire organization. Her vision stands as a beacon for Bama team members, inspiring the organization to achieve the Bama mission, people helping people be successful. This company, Bama, started on her grandmother's kitchen table in the 1930s, making apple pies. And they were sold to McDonald's back, way back when. And they're still making apple pies for McDonald's, as well as pizza dough for Pizza Hut and Walmart and many other fast food um, and family restaurants. And now the company has expanded under Paula's helm, which has been since 1984. It's now Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough, Beijing Bama, Bama Europa. So it's now international. And again, it's um, the, the foods are made for fast food chains and casual and family dining restaurants. And Paula's real model is finding the soul, S-O-U-L, of big business. And she's done that very well. She, her employees are not called employees. They're called team members. And it's really about communication and being open. So welcome back, Paula. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. So let's talk about these. Um, this happened to me recently. You know, something happened to me in business, and, and I was rightfully upset about it. I mean, it bothered me. And the, th- the what I got was, you know, calm down, don't be so upset, walk around the block, and, and you know, maybe your email was too strong. You know what? I needed to express this because I felt that um, the chain wasn't being expressed, the contracts were coming back, and major things were being left out. And so I did take that risk and write not to the president, but to the person I was dealing with and said, wait a minute, I'm getting upset here. You know, I mean, this is something that needs to be in the contract. And 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 it was okay because what I got back was you don't need to be upset. We respect you. You know, you will get what you need. And um, and then I wrote back and said, thank you for understanding. And then I wrote back again. And I said, I'd still like to talk to the president just to make sure we're on the same page. But it was important for me to feel that. And I think sometimes what we do is we say to people, oh, now, wait a minute, maybe you shouldn't say that or say this or, I mean, certainly we have to be respectful. But I'd I'd like you to address this whole thing about letting people feel what they need to feel and not telling them how they should feel. Go ahead, Paula. Well, you know, it's I, when I first started seeing my boyfriend, we had this conversation all the time because he would say, you know, well, you shouldn't feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way. And I finally, you know, sat him down and got him to listen that he can't hold my feelings, nor can he tell me what to feel or how to feel. He can say, I can't believe you feel that way. And that's his shock over you know, how he's learned that I felt weird over some certain thing that was happening. But another person can't hold your feelings, nor should they judge your feelings. So if you're with someone who's judging your feelings, the first thing I would do is have to sit down and say, look, you know, feelings are personal, that they're, they're, they're only mine. Now, I can, I admit that my actions can do things that will, cause you to have hurt feelings, but that's you complaining about my actions, not that I did it on purpose or that, because many people don't even realize when they're doing something, you know, it's like they, he didn't realize he was upsetting me more by not acknowledging that he was putting shame on my own feelings, which it just didn't make any sense to him. But once I explain it, it's like now he talks about, his feelings and how he's surprised that I would feel that way because that's not what he meant. So I think when you are communicating with another person, you have to realize that there's two two persons in the conversation. And one of the things we do at work all the time is we say to our supervisors and to our coordinators and people that are dealing with people on the floor is you've got to say, have them repeat it back to you three times to make sure that they're going to do exactly what you're talking about. Because normally that's what happens when somebody walks off and we thought we heard what they said. All of a sudden we may have a confusion. I thought they meant this knob. Oh, I didn't exactly. know two knobs. Now I didn't remember. Did he say the right knob or the left knob? So oftentimes you need somebody to kind of stay there with you and kind of walk you through what's really happening. And that's, that's something that, you know, can only be learned from 
you know, someone who's like a, who's really good at communicating and who likes to make sure things are understood. Some people are always in a rush. Some people aren't comfortable talking to other people about anything. Mm-hmm. They look down. They mm-hmm. don't look in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, that's coming from them. You know, that's right. coming from inside of them. So that person needs coaching and, and, and some, you know, some classes on how to, how's the best way to communicate. The first thing that any kind of teacher in any kind of class is going to tell you is that you have to sit and listen to them, the other person. And looking at them with your two eyes is a very important part of communication. Yes. It, it can't be yes. underestimated that looking at someone in the eye is very, very important. And not texting and getting on your phone, and right? And, and um, that's also important because people feel as though they're um, left out. Unless you say to them, oh, that's this one is of very the worst important. things you can do. That's awful. That's a really horrible thing. And one of the first things we do in communication class, and I know you're teaching some of our classes now, and one of the things we do in that class is to, you know, make sure that people understand that they can't uh, multitask, we call that. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. you're trying to talk to someone, you can't be talking to someone and looking down at your phone. That's why a lot of parents these days get irritated with their teenagers. I, I at the end, my, uh, my kids are a little bit older. They're all in their 20s and early 30s. And I would... I would, you know, uh, when phones first started coming out and being portable and all that, I would make them, leave them at home if we were going to eat dinner or something. You know, I wouldn't mm. let them bring them and sit there at the at the table and, and be on the phone the whole time that we're trying to have family time or having a family dinner. So, you know, I think more parents should actually do that. But then I also see people at dinner, two adults, and they're all, they're both on their phones. Yeah, you know, so it's like, well, they they don't have a prayer, you know, if they have kids out of that relationship because they're both sitting there on their phones texting. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and I think too. I'd like you to talk about really listening to someone from their point of view, which is not always easy, Paula, because you hear what they're saying, and then you don't like it. So in your mind, you're saying, "Oh, come on, that's ridiculous." But if you can stop and listen from their point of view and at least get it, you can connect with them. Otherwise, you don't connect right. with them. Well, and, and Covey has a very, it's hard, it's simple, it's profound. It's called Seek First to Understand Before Being Understood. Right. That's, that's the problem right there. And that's the, that's the part that a lot of people don't get. So if you're texting, how can you understand what someone else is trying to tell you? Um, it's, it's, it's a very simple concept to seek first and before being understood. But mm-hmm. it hurts. You know, I mean, we often go into a meeting with a difficult customer and we put the uh, areas of agreement on, on the, the slide first. And we acknowledge that we have areas of agreement. We take hands and and let, now let's talk about the areas of agree. And mm. so I think in more situations, we've been able to disrupt, you know, problem situations with customers and from team members who mm. are really mostly upset because they don't think we've been listening to them. Mm-hmm. But, but putting that up there, as you said, and using it as a guide is really helpful. Oh, yeah. I think if you could literally think about all the things that you get upset about during the course of a day, and if you could think about all the things that are positive in that, in any of those realms, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, a, a, a mean boss, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's any of those places, um, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it, there's got to be good things going on around it that you can put a ray of light around and say, okay, if we can agree on these five, because you don't go to work and hold down a job and have a boss that you just can't stand that every single thing that comes out of their mouth is, is wrong. Okay. So that's 
I mean, what are the good things that they do? And I know right. sometimes it's for those things, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to good. kind of center your around positive things or you'll be eaten alive with all the negative things that are going on. And that's really what you do in your company, Paula. I mean, you really focus. You certainly look at what doesn't work, but then you quickly look to solve those problems and create solutions. That's what you do at Bama. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're closing where, thought. where we have agreements. We're looking at where we have agreements and we're looking at where we need some work on and what's the continuous improvement aspect that we're trying to get out of this. And, um, we're always working and striving towards making the system a little bit better every day than the day before. Oh, and you do. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful way to close. So if people that goes find anybody and everyone. Yeah, really, for everything. So if people want to find you, they can go to Facebook and go to Bama or Paula A. Marshall. Uh, both and everything, and it all works. All right, so Bama. Industries, or Bama Companies, or Paula A. Marshall. Paula, it's always, you know, such an honor and pleasure to have you on this program. I mean, it really is. So I, I want to thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very appreciative to be on, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. All right. Hold on for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up okay. this edition. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, um, you can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Um, if you're looking to do your own podcast, I've interviewed about 5,000 people, so I can help you, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And if you want to get a copy of my newsletter so you can see all the great guests, again, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.